So it's all here. The story of our time with the bar call. That was President Lyndon Baines Johnson upon the dedication of his presidential library in 1971. Since then, the library has played host to the biggest names and best minds of our day who have helped to tell the story of our times through candid, revealing conversations with the Barkoff. This podcast delivers them straight to you. Welcome to With the Barkoff. I'm Mark Updegrove. Mark Twain once said, humor is mankind's greatest blessing. If so, as the greatest humorist of his day, Twain himself blessed our country throughout much of his life. How appropriate, then, to name our nation's highest award for comedy in his honor. Cappy McGar co-created the John F. Kennedy Center's Mark Twain Prize for American Humor, which launched in 1998. Appointed to the Kennedy Center Board of Trustees by Bill Clinton in 1996 and Barack Obama in 2011, he continues to be executive producer of the Mark Twain Prize and also helped establish the Library of Congress's Gershwin Prize for Popular Song. His new book, The Man Who Made Mark Twain Famous, Stories from the Kennedy Center, the White House, and other comedy venues, recounts his history with the Mark Twain Prize and what he has learned about comedy and our most famous comedians along the way. I am extremely pleased to receive this prize in the name of America's greatest humorist, Mark Twain. You know, I'm... I'm laughing at something, a Mark Twain quote that I love, and I wrote it down because I wanted to get it exactly right. He said, whatever you do, for God's sake, do not name a prize after me. <laughs> that was Steve Martin upon receiving the Mark Twain Prize in 2005, and this is Cappy Magar. Cappy, welcome to With the Bark Off. Thank you, Mark. Glad to be here. Well, now, the man who made Mark Twain famous uh, is a title that you use with your tongue firmly in your cheek, but, but you were instrumental in the creation of the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor and the Gershwin Prize for Popular Song. So talk about how those prizes came about. Uh, the Mark Twain Prize started when uh, three guys, uh, John uh, Schreiber, Mark Krantz, and Murray Horowitz, went to the White House President Clinton was the president, Ann Stock was the White House Secretary. And they came and they said, look, we'd like to do a comedy show at the White House. And Ann said, well, you know, we've got some controversies around here and we're not being very funny. And so I'm going to go to the Kennedy Center and be in charge of institutional relations. Larry Wilker was the president of the Kennedy Center. And I was on the board. I had just been recently appointed by President Clinton. And he said, Cappy, would you like to come up? He knew my background in, in comedy. I'd had a radio station. I did uh, voices and impressions to earn my way through a graduate school of business. And so I joined them and we discussed to come up with the name for the National Award for Humor. And that was Mark Twain. The uh, same team, the four of us, Mark Krantz, uh, me and uh, Bob and Peter Kaminsky, did start the, the Gershwin Prize for Popular Song with the Library of Congress. Our very first recipient was uh, Richard Pryor. And uh, we, he was a logical choice because he had so much impact and influence on comedy. And also those who have followed him uh, literally think that he might have been one of the greatest comedians uh, in the last 50 years. And so we had Harry Belafonte, uh, Whoopi Goldberg. We had a long uh, line and long list of great uh, uh, people to honor Richard Pryor. And, and all of them got up and said, we are, we are so 
great to be here. The very first Mark Twain Prize recipient. Mark Twain would have been so happy with Richard Pryor getting the Mark Twain Prize. And everyone, everyone, Whoopi Goldberg, they all said almost exactly the same thing, how grateful and pleased and honored Mark Twain would have been uh, to receive, uh, to have Richard Pryor receive the Twain Prize. And then Chris Rock gets up, and Chris Rock had just come off of Saturday Night Live, and Chris Rock said, I've heard all this mother effing BS all night long about how Mark Twain would have been so happy about Richard Pryor getting the Mark Twain Prize. That is the biggest BS I've ever heard in my life. He would have said, say, in, take my MF bag up right stairs right now. <laughs> and of course, laughter broke out. Anyway, that was a really wonderful first start. So the next morning, we're at the executive committee meeting of the Kennedy Center board. And Jim Johnson's chair, he said, hey, Cappy, give us a, re a report. Uh, we had a great night last night. And I said, well, you know, we lost about $100,000. Uh, but it was a really good first event. And uh, the yeah, we probably have 10 people on the executive committee, including Gene Kennedy Smith, who was ambassador to Ireland. So I'm tap dancing, making my plea, trying to make sure that uh, we, we do one more, uh, one more show at least. And so they had the vote and Jean Kennedy Smith voted against it. She was the only one. And so we get up, going to, walking over to the hall, uh, to the, the actual big board meeting. And Jim Johnson said, Cappy, I'm so sorry. It's, Twain is dead and it's not going to happen, but thank you so much for all the efforts you put in it. I said, well, what do you mean? We only got one no vote. She said, he said, Cappy, Jean Kennedy Smith is the president's sister. If she votes against it, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I said, okay, I guess you're right. And so I made a beeline to, to Gene. I said, Ambassador, you know, you've got to give me another chance. I don't know why you voted no, but if you vote against it, it's not going to happen. And she said, well, my brother would have been horrified with the F word and the N word said on the stage bearing his name. And I said, well, Ambassador, I couldn't agree with you more. I said, but you got to give me another chance. We'll honor, you know, Carl Reiner, Dick Van Dyke. I list a whole bunch of people that Gene, uh, I hope, would, 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 would like to be honored. And she said, well, let me think about it. And so she came back. We got to the board meeting. She whispered in Jim Johnson's ear, changed her vote. Jim said, Cappy, give us a report. And that really, that really was the start of the, the Mark Twain Prize, 10 years uh, of the anniversary of the Mark Twain Prize. We honored Billy Crystal. And I took a full page out in the brochure saying, I'd like to thank Gene Kennedy Smith, Alma Powell, and Buffy Kaferts. Without their unwavering support, the Mark Twain Prize would never happen. I got this very nice handwritten note from Jean. She said, Cappy, thanks very much for the acknowledgement and in, in, in the brochure. My brother would have been very happy with, hmm. with the Mark Twain prize and, and the laughter on the stage. It was very nice. And uh, it's, it's one of my prized possessions for sure. So why Mark Twain, um, uh, Cappy, t talk about Mark Twain and his contributions to American culture, including comedy, such that you would, Name this very prestigious award after him. You know, Mark Twain probably uh, was the father of American literature. His greatest uh, novel, in my opinion, is uh, Huckleberry Finn. In fact, as Ernest Hemingway said, the greatest American novel is Huckleberry Finn. Uh, for those of you who know Mark Twain, and if you don't, uh, Ken Burns does an incredible documentary on Mark Twain. And Mark Twain ran in some financial difficulties. He invested pretty much all of his money he'd made on Tom Sawyer and Huckleberry Finn and other, other books uh, to the, this printing press that he thought was going to revolutionize uh, printing. And it was a total failure. I believe he declared bankruptcy and he didn't have any money. 
So he started going on the road and going to these theaters, these local theaters uh, uh, and throughout the country and, and did kind of stand-up. Uh, he was kind of our first stand-up comedian. Not real stand-up in the sense of uh, Jerry Seinfeld or, 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 or Dave Chappelle, but he told funny stories. He, did, he was a storyteller, and he, he, he did it humorously, and he also was very edgy. I mean, he talked about Congress and how <laughs> most of them are fools. I mean, he, there's some of the greatest Mark Twain quotes in the world about uh, how, how terrible Congress is and how terrible the government is. But he really was our very first stand-up comedian. So that's why we gave an acknowledgment to Mark Twain and named it the Mark Twain Prize for American Humor. One of my favorite Mark Twain lines, assume you're a congressman and assume you're an idiot, but I repeat myself. <laughs> so it's very fitting, very fitting that you name exactly. this after Mark exactly. Twain. Cabby, I'm going to play a few clips from the comedians you've honored through the years and have you comment on them. I'll start with David Letterman, whom you gave the award to in 2017. And here I am tonight receiving this award, and I ask myself, how did this happen? And, and I'll tell you how it happened. It wasn't because of me. It was because of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, perhaps thousands of people who helped me. And you saw some of my friends here tonight, all of them more talented, more gifted, funnier than I am, but they all helped me. And I would just like to say, we have to help each other or nothing will happen. And that is a very gracious and very sincere David Letterman, but he makes a good point. Comedians seem to help each other, and you see that in these awards. They, they come out to, uh, to honor one another, and there's a wonderful sort of ethos around the Mark Twain Prize, Cappy. Talk about the comedy community and the support they show for each other. Take us inside the community of comedy. Well, first of all, Mark, you're absolutely right. David Letterman was incredibly gracious. He is a very generous person. He always compliments any, any, any IMC, the cast dinner uh, before the show uh, Saturday night. The show's always on Sunday. And uh, everyone that gets up, you know, they're not being televised, so they're very candid. But David Letterman, he was at uh, the Bill Murray uh, uh, Mark Twain Prize, and then obviously we honored him uh, the next year. But he's truly an icon, and you're absolutely right. Uh, people line up to honor their comedic heroes. Uh, when you, you know, you, you think about over the years uh, who we've honored, uh, whether it be Lorne Michaels or, or Dave Chappelle or or Bill Murray or Will Ferrell, everyone that in their lives, and, and we asked the honoree, you know, who do you think you would like to have honor you? So there's, there's a, a, it's a collaborative effort. And people like, for example, David Letterman, who's had so much influence on, you know, if you were on the David Letterman show, kind of like what Johnny Carson, he was kind of the, 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 the Johnny Carson of his day. When you got invited over to Johnny Carson's couch or when David Letterman had you on his show, you really kind of made it. And uh, if he had you on his show uh, two or three or four times, and there have been many people that were on his show many, many times, you know, he really kind of made you. So there was a lot of love and a lot of respect and a lot of emotion. When you ask somebody to honor David Letterman, they all showed up 
And uh, we had people that actually we couldn't accommodate. Uh, David was so incredibly popular. This next quote comes from Dave Chappelle. Rather than talk about myself, just briefly, I want to just talk about my genre. Stand-up comedy is an incredibly American genre. I don't think any other country could produce this many comedians. And unbeknownst to many people in this audience, I don't think there's opinion that it exists in this country that is not represented in a comedy club by somebody. Each and every one of you has a champion in the room. We watch you guys fight, but when we're together, we talk it out. I know comics that are very racist, and I watch them on stage, and everyone's laughing, and I'm like, mm, that mother means that Don't get mad at them, don't hate them. We go upstairs and have a beer, and sometimes I even appreciate the artistry that they paint their racist opinions with. Man, it's not that serious. The First Amendment is first for a reason. The Second Amendment is just in case the first one doesn't work out. <laughs> well, well, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, I want to start with what Dave Chappelle said in the beginning of that clip. <laughs> what makes stand-up comedy uniquely American? I just, you know, you know, st stand-up comics, when they get up on stage, it's like uh, walking a tightrope. I mean, if you bomb, uh, you're on stage, it's live, and you can't take it back. And so there's a lot of uh, the people who do make it, uh, make it, it because they, you know, I was talking to Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, he came for, he's come to two or three shows. He said, uh, Kathy, when you get up on stage and you, you MC these deals, are you nervous? And I went, I'm horrified and petrified until I get up there and I get my first laugh. And then I'm not nervous anymore. He goes, when I get up there and I get my first laugh and I get a lot of laughs, I'm nervous the entire time. So different people, when they get up before an audience and they try to make people laugh, they have a different, you know, for example, Steve Martin is a very shy person. But when he gets on stage, he's Steve Martin. And he just, a light comes on and he becomes Steve Martin, hilariously funny, silly, poignant a lot of the times. And so, yeah, stand-up stand -up comics and stand-up comedians uh, are a very special breed. And, and Chappelle's correct. I mean, I know he's gotten a lot of, he's gotten a lot of controversy around his last uh, Netflix special, but, you know, Lenny Bruce, he comes from a long line of, of comedians uh, that have gone to the edge. I mean, Lenny Bruce, uh, George Carlin, they all push the envelope until the envelope pushes back. Mm, mm. And so, you know, it's if, if you don't like what Lenny Bruce said, he went to jail many times. Um, if you don't like what, uh, you know, the seven words you can't say on television that George Carlin said, actually, that went to the Supreme Court. Uh, there's really not many repercussions in the Dave Chappelle controversy. I mean, he's twin, he's, he's twenty trending on he's trending on Twitter. Say that fast three times. I don't think you can. Uh, and it really they haven't taken his special off TV. Mm. Was it controversial what he said? Of course, but you know Dave Chappelle is a stand-up comedian, and all stand-up comedians try to bring their comedy in their their view of the world and they try to make 
a funny and humorous uh, approach to that. Let me quote you from the book. You write, I've tried not to make this book about me. Instead, it's about the value humor can bring to politics and life in general, the way differences can be bridged by a funny story or a silly impression. There's a joy shared when comedians make politicians laugh and vice versa. The, the, the wonderful thing about the Mark Twain Awards is you literally have comedians speaking truth to power. Right. Can you feel that dynamic in the room, Cappy? Is, is, are those comedy performances different because you are literally having these comedians speak to those politicians who, uh, who are the emblem of American power? You know, I don't. I think it, it, all things change, and they all stay the same thing. I mean, you, you know, you talk about, you know, Mark Twain made great fun of of Congress, and when you're at the Kennedy Center and you're in the center of Washington, you're going to make fun of politicians and comedians. I mean, Carol Burnett is not uh, Dave Chappelle by any means, but she gets up there and she says, you know, I'm so glad to be here in Washington. I didn't think there was a lot of humor, but obviously there, there is. I didn't know I'm being honored for the Mark Twain Prize. Um, and so, you know, different po- different comedians have different ways of, of addressing that. You know, you, you think back over over the years, um, you know, the all the comedians that have made fun of Washington. I mean, there's really, Washington is not, you know, there's so much trouble in our lives and there's so much... Uh, angst in our lives. Uh, we live in a very difficult time, whether we're talking about COVID or the economy or, or not having a job or uh, not getting a minimum wage. There are problems in people's lives. And so that's one of the reasons, obviously, we started the Mark Twain Prize mm-hmm. is to honor someone who brings joy in our life that we can say thank you and that 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 brings a smile or a laugh or a lot of laughs uh, to us and and I think that we've done a very good job of honoring those people. We've had some people turn us down. We have not honored some people because they were, you know, they it was just inappropriate. Um, but why would you? Why, why would somebody turn down the Mark Twain Prize? Mel Brooks turned us down. He's turned us down three or four times, hmm. which is very frustrating. Uh, <clears throat> I had dinner with him at the Kennedy Center, and he is my comedic hero. Hmm. I, I love Mel Brooks and. And so the president of the Kennedy Center called me and said, hey, listen, would you like to have dinner with Mel Brooks? I said, yeah, of course I would. So the, the Kennedy Center had paid Mel to, to show Blazing Saddles and then spend 90 minutes talking about the filming of Blazing Saddles. And this is about uh, probably three years ago. He's actually 95. He turned 95 this, this last summer. And so David Rubenstein, who's the chairman, and I uh, were like a kid in a candy store. David loves, uh, loves Mel Brooks. And so we had dinner with him in the green room and Mel Brooks's contract said he wants egg salad sandwiches. And so there were egg salad sandwiches like in a pyramid. I mean, just incredible amount of egg salad. I mean, it's only Mel is eating dinner, right? And then he wanted real Coke, not diet Coke. And he wanted a bag of Oreo cookies and he wanted Lay's potato chips, not wavy, but real Lay's. And so that, you know, for being 95 years old, maybe we should all have that as a part of our diet because that's working for Mel. <laughs> anyway, he's sitting on the couch. I'm sitting on the piano bench. And I said, you know, Mel, we've asked you a number of times. Actually, we got Carl Reiner to actually ask him, his best friend. And he turned Carl down. I said, we'd like to give you the Mark Twain Prize. He goes, you know, 
yeah, I don't know. I've turned it down. I don't know. You know, maybe. Uh, I said, well, look, we could do the music of Mel Brooks. You know, High Anxiety, I'm So Tired, Springtime for Hitler. He's written so many really funny, great songs. He said, well, that's a really good idea. Maybe we could do that. If Mel listens to this or, or is, is paying attention to the things I've said over the last years and also in my book, call please now and say, <laughs> yes, I'll take the Mark Twain prize and we'll give it to him at his office, at the Kennedy Center, wherever. Well, one of the many who has not turned you down was Tina Fey. This is a clip from her. But I want to thank my family. They say that funny people often come from a difficult childhood or a troubled family. Uh, so to my family, I say, they're giving me the Mark Twain Prize for American humor. What did you animals do to me? <laughs> yeah. I know my mother and father are so proud of me tonight, so this is probably a good time to tell them, I'm putting you both in a home. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. If you read Tina Fey's books, Cap, you realize she came from a, a family of sweetness and light. We had the happiest childhood, so what she was saying there was not true to her, but, but it is true for many comedians. They come from rather dark circumstances. Why is that? Uh, you, you've known many comedians. Can you characterize why many of them get into comedy and how it reflects their backgrounds? You know, it's a really good, uh, I love that, that Tina Fey clip. It's just hilariously funny. Tina Fey's hilariously funny. Uh, a lot of, you know, what is humor? Humor comes from pain. A lot of people say, I mean, if, you know, when you are in, uh, born in circumstances or you have difficulties in your life, humor can, can ease the pain somewhat. It can it round off the edges of of, of tragedy or or you know there's real issues about pain and suffering and humor can bring a little bit of light to you. And so you you look at some of these uh, people we've honored, whether it be you know George Carlin, uh, you know had a you know some some difficulties. I mean there. You know, Richard Pryor had a lot of difficulties. I mean, he was in a wheelchair when we honored Richard Pryor, uh, but he had a very difficult childhood, and he grew up to be one of the greatest mm. stand-up comedians in the last uh, 50 years, probably. And so, yeah, that's right. I think humor, uh, you, there, you know, what is the basis of humor? It can be the absurd, you know, against reality and making fun of, of reality and, and doing it in an absurd way. It can be pain, you know, you, you try to, you know, ease the pain. And so instead of taking crack cocaine, just make people laugh. Mm. Now, Rick Pryor didn't obviously follow that advice. <laughs> right. uh, I get signed to all these, uh, uh, I get posters uh, on every year of the talent. They all sign the posters to me. Dave Chappelle uh, wrote a nice, uh, wrote a nice blurb, uh, uh, Bill Murray said, "I spent the weekend with Cappy and was better for and was better for better off for it, except physically." <laughs> um, uh, Norm Macdonald said, "Cappy, don't do crack." Um, you know, John Krasinski, Cappy, are my are you my dad? You look like him. I mean, just stupid and silly things. But all these comedians have a different background, different 
you know, way of getting famous. And, you know, a lot of people started at uh, this day and age at uh, Second City and they later, later went on to be on Saturday Night Live. You know, like uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus uh, went that path and so, so did Tina Fey. And so humor is kind of difficult to, to describe, but it's such an important part of our lives, whether, you know, you're married, uh, humor can, can bring a little bit of ease, a little tension between, you know, married couples. They can, uh, you know, when a CEO gives a speech, self-deprecating humor when he begins the speech is always critical. And same thing with a politician. A politician always likes to bring, you know, make himself, you know, take himself down from the pedestal uh, if he's a senator or a president or whatever. And, you know, there's been great books written about presidential humor, including Lyndon Johnson had a great sense of humor. Uh, and so there's a lot of different, you know, different ways to express humor, but it's all I think incredibly important to our everyday lives. Well, what what you just said uh, earlier, Cappy, about uh, humor sometimes sometimes easing the tension in a marriage dovetails beautifully into this last clip from Will Ferrell. Finally, uh, Vivica. <laughs> All I can say is thank you, and thank God I found you. You um, you've given us three beautiful boys, and we have a wonderful life together. But I do have to say, sometimes you get a little lippy, okay? <laughs> you got a big mouth, and uh, you like to run it. <laughs> and I'll tell you one thing, and one thing only, okay? Tonight is my night, all right? <laughs> I love you but I'm really sick of that big mouth of yours, okay? <laughs> and I won't stand it, okay? Do you hear me? <laughs> you look at me when I talk to you. <laughs> I have to say, Kevy, that was one of my favorite performances from any Mark Twain prize. And I'm gonna ask you, well, actually, he does a routine there that I couldn't show because this is an audio medium, but, but talk about how he received the Mark Twain prize and what happened from there. I think it was one of the funniest things we've ever had in our 22 years of the Mark Twain prize. Uh, we had uh, about 15 Plaster of Paris uh, Mark Twain bust, uh, that, that bronze bust that you see that, uh, that, it, that we give to every uh, honoree, uh, we made some plaster of Paris. And so he went through rehearsal and he would, he went through accepting the Mark Twain prize and he accidentally dropped it and it shattered into a thousand pieces. And so he had done that. I think he, he ruined like five or six of them. So, so the president of the Kennedy Center, the chairman of the Kennedy Center comes out and gives Will Ferrell the Mark Twain prize bust, but it's a plaster of Paris unknown, unbeknownst to the audience. And he, and he says, this is so important to me. I'm going to buy a seat on the plane. I'm never going to let my children touch it. I, I cannot believe this is the most important thing I've, that's ever happened to me in my life. And he goes over to put it on the pedestal and he drops it and it shatters into a thousand pieces, except half of the Mark Twain head or bust of the Mark Twain head is still intact. So he puts all these pieces slowly in a very comedic timing way, puts him on the podium and he, and he puts the head of the half broken head of Mark Twain on the top of this rubble. 
And I mean, everybody's just dying laughing. <laughs> he is, I mean, it was one of the really funny, funny parts of the Mark Twain Prize. His wife, by the way, is, they're both incredibly nice. They're both down to earth. I took them to the, to the Oval Office as I've taken most of the Mark Twain Prize winners and President Obama uh, was, was obviously president at the time. And I've got this great picture in the book with uh, Vivica and and uh, and Will uh, and, and with the president and in the Oval Office. The president then took us to the to the Situation Room, and everybody loved obviously Will Ferrell. And uh, so all these young kids that that literally are in looking at the world, looking at monitors all over the world, monitoring security, and all these agencies, every agency involved in security is there. And they all get up and Will says, sit down. Yeah, I don't want the world to blow up. <laughs> he goes around and gets his picture made with uh, every, one of the, every one of these young kids. But he's just a very decent, nice person. Yes, that was a routine, but it's very, very funny. And uh, <clears throat> as he said in Talladega Nights, Will Ferrell does have a smoking hot wife. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you an impossible question. It's probably like uh, trying to name your, your favorite child. What is the funniest performance that you have seen from the Mark Twain Awards? Well, besides the Will Ferrell one, the very funniest uh, one was uh, when well, they were honoring Steve Martin and uh, Larry David uh, honored Steve Martin. He's, what he said was incredibly politically incorrect, so I'm not going to tell you what he said, but it's on YouTube, and it's one of the funniest routines ever. Uh, you know, they're... There are just so many, every, every single Twain, there's always an incredibly hilarious, funny moment. And every single Twain has it. Um, the, you know, the one that uh, we rescinded his uh, honor and uh, rescinded his uh, Kennedy Center honors and the Mark Twain Prize was Bill Cosby. Cosby, uh, you know, just generally you talk five minutes and accept the award. Cosby went on for 35 or 40 minutes. I mean, it was truly so uncomfortable hmm. and so inappropriate. Uh, but, you know, that's that's Bill Cosby. We are going to uh, end this interview with a clip from that performance from Steve Martin. But my, my guest is Cappy McGar, and his very funny book is The Man Who Made Mark Twain Famous, Stories from the Kennedy Center, the White House, and other comedy venues. Cappy, thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. What better time than now to take a moment and recount all the awards I've received? <laughs> In 1969, I won an Emmy for writing on the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour. And then again, in 2005, I won the Mark Twain Prize. My thanks to our sponsors, the Moody Foundation and St. David's Healthcare, and as always, to you for joining us. If you've enjoyed this episode, subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Mark Updegrove. See you next time.